Welcome to the Forthright Women podcast, where we're dedicated to revealing what keeps women leaders successful and sane. We address challenges like being an executive mom, enabling more women to rise, and fueling our own minds, bodies, and spirits. These conversations are unapologetically real, insightful, and from forthright women themselves. Let's do it. Hello, forthright women. This episode you're about to hear originally aired on our other podcast, Marketing Smarts. We thought this community would appreciate it too, as it contains rich and relevant insights to help keep all of you female leaders successful and sane. So let's get to it. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about what makes a partnership work or not, and how to ensure that you've one, found the right person, and two, have a successful future ahead of you. This is a big one, guys. And of course, as we always like to do, Anna and I will talk a lot about our experience here. This time, I think it'll be a little more with each other and give you kind of that like double click into who we are um, and kind of how we got started. This is obviously a topic we can speak very effectively to because we've been through it. But really, through our eyes, what were kind of the indicators or steps along the way where we were like, we might actually have something here? Yeah, and and this is one that we've had a lot of people ask for us, and and we uh, ask of us, and we have given you guys bits and pieces. So some of it might seem like, hey, you've heard it before, but we're going to string it together and maybe give you a few more little tidbits into into us and um, and what made the partnership work for us. And uh, to the point that you guys have more topics you'd like to hear from us, please let us know because we love to uh, we love to focus on that, and that makes sure that we are providing a podcast that is going to be very useful to you. Absolutely. So before we jump in, it does it's worth noting to take kind of a step back and discuss why you might be interested in a partnership. A few of the ones that come to mind for us are there's just more than you can do as one person or you're ready to scale and you can't do it on your own. Um, we know that VCs really like the idea of co-founders versus single founders. So if you're looking for investors, this might be a, a point in your journey to consider finding a partner. Uh, I think speaking personally, it's, you know, you're not growing anymore or as fast as you want to, or there's certain skills that you can't possibly tackle on your own, but you know you want to offer. I mean, all of these are reasons that you might be looking into having a partner. So with that, we will give you kind of our top four of recommendations on how to know if you have a good partnership, but really kind of back to the point about the journey, what to consider along the way or what to look for and any watch outs we have related to the topics. So the first one is taking the time to really get to know each other. And this is critical even if you've known each other before or you've known each other already for a long time. You are going to spend a ton of time with this person. Speaking from experience here, you better like each other, and you better like each other a lot. When Anne and I first met, I'm going to be really transparent here. Um, <laughs> I love this story. I've told it on other podcasts, not ours, but we've, you know, I've talked it before. So Anne always says we met through the five degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yep. And the idea behind that is we had people associate us to other people, you know, reference, say, meet this person. And so um, through friends of friends, we got connected to each other. So Jenny was a, a person I had been introduced to by a longstanding friend, Gina. And, you know, Anne has, you know, her three or four people that, that mm -hmm. she went through. But Jenny was ultimately the one that connected us. And where I was in my journey at that point was I was sort of soul searching a little bit. I'd been on my own for a little over a year. I sort of felt like I was stagnating. I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. And so, you know, New Year resolutions, I made the rule for myself that I would not turn down any meeting all year long. And so if anyone asked me to get together or chat, the answer was going to be yes. And Jenny knew that and very smartly leveraged it because, as we've talked about, Anne's background is 20 years at P&G. From the agency side, I will admit I've had a very hard time working with P&G over the years. I love their products. We have, you know, the whole array in our home. But for whatever reason, my personality just doesn't jive 
likely because I don't like being told what to do or how to do it. And that was always kind of my perspective anyway of working with the folks over there in the Twin Towers. (laughs) So in any case, I kept my promise. I met with Anne, somewhat begrudgingly, I will admit. And lo and behold, I mean, we entered that coffee meeting. We left three hours later. I couldn't believe that three hours had gone by. I can tell you my stereotype about you know, my friends at P&G was just completely broken apart because what I found was someone who, really a kindred spirit in a very short period of time, someone who philosophically thought about the work the same way, loved brands, um, wanted to do what was right for clients. I mean, we were barely scratching the surface, even though it was three hours worth of time. But I left thinking, well, that was interesting, first of all, not what I expected. And then second, I couldn't wait to continue the conversation. Um, I think we joke at this point, but we have spent hours upon hours just talking to each other, just talking about everything, getting to know each other. Um, I was actually on a a recent podcast uh, with a, a common connection of Anne and mine, Sue Freck, She has the Happy Marketer podcast, and she made the joke while I was on there that it's kind of like similar to dating. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it it really, honestly, it it totally is. Um, So we discussed, yes, I mean, early on, what kind of work could we do together? Where do we complement each other? Where were we different? What were the deliverables potentially going to be? Um, Just like kind of how could we help each other? And that morphed into much deeper conversation of, you know, me saying, I'm looking for something new and I want to do things differently and I need to learn some new things and my philosophy on business and philosophy about how to treat clients and and discovering that we had a lot of similarities there was amazing. But I think more than anything, what we both realized is, and I think this is critical to a partnership, one plus one wasn't going to equal two, it was going to equal three and more. Mm -hmm. And by coming together, at least in my head, that's where it clicked of, I can continue to do this on my own, sure, but this is a whole new opportunity on a completely new level for us. Yeah, I remember that meeting, that very first meeting at the coffee bar. And uh, <laughs> it was funny because I had I had a lot of like anticipation of it too because I had been you know thinking about who I might want to partner with for a while at that point, knowing that what I was offering was great from a strategy standpoint, but it was falling apart at the execution. Like I did, and when I say falling apart, I mean that you can give somebody a strategy all day, but if they don't have the right tools to execute, then they can't realize the vision and the strategy you put together. So I really wanted somebody who had something in place that was going to um, allow that partnership to really create something that was one plus one equals three. So I remember like like a date, like April walking in <laughs> and I was like, oh, she seems kind of nice. And then, you know, we sat down and had some coffee by the end of the first date, I was already ready for a commitment. <laughs> I was like, I think I found her. I was so happy. It's like, seriously, like I swept right. I mean, like it was like, you know, like it was exactly what I was looking for. And April's like, hold on a second, which we we come to find out is very much our personalities. I'm yes. like ready to jump in. I'm like ready to take action and April needs to process. So that's kind of like, that's what happened. But to April's point, I mean, we spent the time to make sure we were compatible, not only as partners, but as people. Mm-hmm. And that was seriously, and I don't know if we've really missed a week except for maybe some COVID weeks and then vacation weeks. Yeah. Every week, without a doubt, for three hours, yes. we sit down and we hash out everything from life to the business. Yes. And in the beginning, it was several times a week. Mm-hmm. And I would say that because we both saw the potential there, we were willing to to do that. If you're not willing to do that, you're not willing to carve out the time, that should be like already the big signal that, okay, maybe this is not the right person because you should feel an energy. You should feel like that kinship. You should feel the the desire to want to like move this thing forward. And it should be equal, equal parts. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to be like, you know, I, I don't know if I would have chased April if she decided she didn't want to date me. <laughs> But, I mean, it shouldn't feel like that. You shouldn't feel like, you know, like playing hard to get. That's not what the partnerships are about. So um, that that is very important to spend the time together. Make sure you're compatible. 
as a human, make sure, or as humans, make sure you're compatible then as partners. Make sure your ideals line up mm-hmm. so that you are clear. And we've talked a lot about like our relationship so solidifies. We have similar values mm-hmm. about business, how we operate our business, how we do our business, and what's going to be important for us to convey to our clients. Um, so make sure you know those about those you know, the people. And there's something that comes up that you're like, uh, I don't know about this. You know, you're going to have to have a conversation about it, mm-hmm. right? So, yes. And, and I would say um, the value piece is hugely important. And you have to get to know each other well enough that you know that you're actually having an authentic conversation and you're really yeah. connecting on that point. Because I, I think people represent themselves the way they want to be seen. And you have to break that barrier to really make sure that you know the person as well as you think you do. And I think because we spent all of that time, that's really what has not only propelled our business forward, but ultimately saved it during COVID. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we respected the boundaries. We didn't get together in person. We worked from home just like everyone else. And we still were able to connect in the same way without being in person. And we still had the shorthand that we had created and kind of the ability to know where the other one was coming from right as something was happening, even though we couldn't do those internal meetings. And then to Anne's point, we kept them up anyway. So we felt it was so valuable that as much as I don't like being on Zoom, I would agree (laughs) to do it. (laughs) Um, But I mean, all of that goes back to that first point of really taking the time to get to know each other. Mm Mm-hmm. And Anne just said, you know, the critical conversations, which which is the next point. So I'll let her um, talk about that. But it's not just about getting to know each other. It's also about having really hard conversations from the beginning. Yeah. And I think that was one thing that I think we do really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because we both are we both know it's coming from a good place. But we'd only know that if we had spent because we spent the time getting to know each other from the get go. And we wanted this to work so bad. Like we wanted it to actually, you know, be a, a, a really strong partnership that we were willing to take the risk for either admitting that something wasn't feeling right or asking if that felt right mm-hmm. and kind of testing the waters a little bit. So, for example, you know, when you when you start out, like a lot of it's very like nice. You have to, like you said, you have to kind of get over the, the niceness of it and. I'm like, well, I guess we'll just use this dating metaphor throughout the whole dang thing. <laughs> but like, I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, you're in your best behavior for the first couple uh-huh. of dates. And I remember sitting there because, of course, me and April are very visual people. So um, we both admitted that we like whiteboards. And uh-huh. so I actually bought a whiteboard and I actually brought it to one of our meetings and we like drafted out stuff. And I was like, and she had said something. I was like, should I tell her I don't like that? Or like, if I tell her that, how is she going to react? And is she going to be like, just going to shut her down? Is she going to be upset? And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna have to tell her I don't I don't like that approach. And I'm like, I don't really like that approach. And you're like, okay, well, what 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 else is you know about it? Do you don't like where where can we go from here? And I was like, oh, that was such a relief because <laughs> if I had to be in a position that I always like had to couch everything I was gonna say, or I had to, you know, make sure that it, you know, it was positioned in a certain way, like. That's how I had to do with all my other agency people. So mm-hmm. when you were talking about the P&G factor, like for my agency folks, who uh, a lot of them I love to death and still are friends with today, it, it could be a, quite a sensitive group. So you mm-hmm. always had to couch things in, in a way that was um, nice. And then um, hopefully they you know got the, um, the feedback you know through as well. So we do a lot of what we call, and actually we – encourage highly respectful debating mm-hmm. or progressive debating or you know however you want to call it but really a way of discussing the matters at hand or the topics at hand that allows us both to be heard and really state clearly our 100% full intention mm-hmm. um and we allow each other to have that space to do that whether we like it or not Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or we agree with it or not, we give each other the space to have that point of view. And that allows us to really understand where the other person's coming from. That allows us to understand, OK, how strongly do I feel about this then? Um, because if she feels that strongly about it, 
I don't feel that strongly about it. Maybe I should just let it go and let mm-hmm. her take the lead. Or it's like, oh, that's really important to her. I better really remember that. And I probably I should recognize that going forward. So I would say there's like really not a ton of like secrets because we have intentionally had the hard conversations so that we can anticipate and be respectful. And those debates that we're having are really helpful to get to the right decision. I mean, if, if I can't put something out there and you t- and you tell me this doesn't make any sense, I don't know where mm-hmm. this is going. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's good to know because mm-hmm. that's a blind spot sometimes for me. And I'm like, okay, well, if she's not understanding where this is going, it clearly is not like clear enough for somebody else who's not us to understand where it's going. And that makes everything better. Uh, I could tell her I disagree. And I don't make the change. And she's just like, all right, well, you know, that is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your thing. If you don't want to make the change, you don't make the change. Um, and we go forward. Mm-hmm. There's no resentment. There's no hostility. It's like I felt heard or you felt heard. And you knew that I was internalizing the feedback. I decided to make a different choice. And a lot of times I'll tell you that, too, or mm-hmm. vice versa. It's yeah. like, hey, um, I, I heard your feedback, but I'm making a, a different choice here. Um, and just so you know the, you know, the rationale where I'm coming from and, you know, and, and, and those are just that's the respect part of mm-hmm. like the debate. And if you have both together, it's so healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people want to avoid the conflict. They just want to like it to all feel very happy all the time. And we have a great time and we're, you know, happy <laughs> a ton. But it's like there's elements of these things, where, especially when it comes to business, that you have to have the hard conversations about. And I think that communication and the fact that we've debated the big things and we and we always take time to do those together or in situations of COVID over video or whatever. But what it trickles down to is an ability to give very direct, blunt feedback to each other about the work as it's progressing without having to have big extended conversations about it. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Slack and, and this is one where I won the battle and, yes. and begrudgingly went ahead and said, okay, fine, we'll use Slack um, organization works. and channels. Um, but what it lets both of us do is do the best work for the clients without having to worry about hurting each other's feelings. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, when we, we, you know, ping each other through that channel, that's where we give really direct feedback or within the Google Docs or whatever. And our opinion is stated very black and white. And to people reading it sometimes, I think it might be like, ah, ooh, I can't believe that that's the way that they say things. It's not at all disrespectful. It is just very direct and to the point. And then we allow each other, depending on who's owning the deliverable, to take the feedback or not. Yes, there are situations where we have to have additional conversation Mm -hmm. or where it's like, I'm not tracking with that comment. Can you give me a little more context? But overall, it allows for a very effective flow. And I believe our clients get the best from us because we respect each other and know where we're coming from. And it's okay to be super honest that way then. Yeah. All right. The next one we have here, and actually that was kind of a a precursor right there, is define what you both bring to the table and what your roles are going to be and what you're each going to own. Yeah. And I think this was one that we still, I mean, we we, we obviously have uh, certain lanes that we are definitely passionate about. Um, April is OCD creative. I mean, it is to the point where I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not even going to try because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm better to react than to try. And then and the latest of this was on, on our audiogram where I, I I gave, I thought was a great effort. And she responded back. She goes, um, and I'm just like, all right, here's the password. Here's the login. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you go do you. No conversation required. <laughs> and then, you know, then she hits me on my fonts and my styles. And I'm like, oh, for the love of God. But you know what? It's it's in, in the nicest way that like, you know what? I, I you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to do it because it's going to make, you know, her happy. But it's the thing that I also know she's better at me than, than me at. I'm like, she can look at something and she can dissect it and she can really relate it to um, the consumer in a way that I'm just not able to do. Um, and she can piece it together like that visually, um, and as well as tone of voice stuff. I think you do a phenomenal job on tone of, vo- tone of voice stuff where I can, you know, provide input, but I think you have the better sense of that. And, you know, on the, on the opposite side, you know, there's, there's things that I do mm-hmm. that you defer to me and you're like, yeah, well, you're, you know, better copy mm-hmm. or, you know, or, or something to that effect. Well, and I think the audiogram example, I think in, in theory, it made sense for Anne to take a shot first because it's a more promotionally based yeah. 
piece. So that was one where in my head, I was like, oh, great idea. We should definitely do that. I'm not thinking about the visual elements associated with it until she sent it over. And so I think that's one of those instances where in theory, it's in her court. But we can be super flexible with each other to where it came through. And I was like, yes, by concept, absolutely, I want to do this. And then to her point, my OCD kicked in and I was like, ooh, like, you know, that font's a little too big or I wouldn't position our logo that way. And I was like, all right, now now just hand it over. Yeah, just give it to me. (laughs) I was like, okay, here you go. And I mean, and I think the thing is, like, I could have been very insulted. Mm -hmm. And back in my PNG days, I would have been, um, to be totally honest. But the thing is, is I know that April was going to make it better. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I've learned uh, a lot about our partnership, too, is that is that she offers expertise in areas that I am yeah, that I don't have as development expertise in that makes our work better, Mm -hmm. which makes it a whole lot easier for me to get out of the way. I would say back in my P&G days, I'm like, I I wanted control of everything Mm -hmm. because I felt like I could do it better than everybody else. And there was definitely situations where that was not the case. So I'm not going to say that I was like, you know, the best at everything and nobody, you know, everybody else at, you know, P&G that I worked with sucked. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that there was a, a high level of control that I felt like I needed to have in mm-hmm. order for the deliverable to be what I wanted it to be. And with the when you meet somebody who actually has that level of expertise that is um, complementary and equal to your level of expertise, it's much easier to defer because you can align on what you believe the deliverable should look like. We were very clear about what we wanted the audiogram to look like. Mm -hmm. And you can then get out of the way. And then you can focus on other things that are important as well. So you're not double, I mean, we we can't afford, we don't have the time Mm -mm. or the effort or our clients don't have the money for us to double on everything. We have to trust each other in order to um, do what we're good at. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, you know, practice and play with your stuff and you (laughs) practice and play with, you know, my stuff like we just did with the audiogram. But at the end of the day, um, we've learned how to let go. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be extremely important because if you're going to try to be a one person show and miss a partnership. It just is not going, it's not going to work. And I'm not, I'm not saying like, well, I'll do the finances and you do, you yeah. know, that, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, like any, um, kind of the, the, the expertise, the way that everything gets done, how it gets done, the quality the I mean, all those important, like intangibles that really, really matter aside of just what the roles and responsibilities are. Yes, which goes to that deeper relationship and all the other things that we talked about. Um, and I think this nicely segues to the next point, which is your peers, but you also have a lot to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And this is another area of mutual respect. But you just heard Anne talk about what we both bring to the table and letting go of your ego. And I think that that is another piece of what we've done well. I mean, I, I don't think Anne or I would ever profess to be super egocentric, you know, like, or I, I don't know. I I don't think that's how I would describe myself. Maybe others would. But um, I, I think we both, though, had a lot of confidence in our abilities and our experience and had had a lot of success over the years by being the person in the room that could make the decisions. I mean, the comment that I've been given in different ways over the course of my career that like my best trait is to be able to quickly assess a situation and put a solution into action. And I think we're both foundationally built that way and also our our professions just kind of mandate that. And so we were used to being that kind of like problem solver, go in the fire, figure it out, you know, and that led to being one woman shows in a lot of ways. And I think um, when I think about the last year and the things that I was thinking about at the beginning of last year and what I wanted, it has been delivered upon only because I met Anne. And so all of the things that I've extended in my skill set, all the different areas of the business I know a lot more about, the ability to take brand strategy and pull it all the way through every single execution, 
you know, learning in depth about social and, and strategy beyond the brand strategy and how do you bring things to light and what works and, and all of those things in addition to personal growth around podcasting and blogging and finding ways to take my expertise and deliver it since I no longer had a platform of, you know, a team that I was coaching or, or growing or, or whatever the case might be. Um, to me, that's a great indicator that I have taken my peer relationship with Anne and leveraged her experience and skills to grow mine and also didn't feel bad. And I was like, you know what? I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? Or I know what this is, mm. but this is not mine. You know, like she says, the creative trade-off, anything PR and communication related, I immediately check in with her. I, I just feel like she brings the perspective that is so very different than my brand-led perspective. And so that's now, yes, something new we offer to clients in a, in a more holistic way. I mean, I would coach on it, but I wouldn't necessarily deliver on it. But for me personally, it adds a richness to the partnership and a reason to continue to participate in it. Yeah. And I think, again, that comes from the aspect of appreciating what the other is bringing to the table in a way that's real. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, a lot of times we pretend that we appreciate that about other people, but mm -hmm. we really don't. But mm -hmm. it's, it's actually genuinely real. And that has helped us really solidify a personality within our, mm -hmm. our brand and our business, yes. too, that we can stand behind. And that's authentically us. I mean, I think what <laughs> what people find the most interesting when we uh, introduce our, our, our business is that First of all, I mean, two women who are two strong women, which in normal circumstances is just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, I come from a corporate side and you come from the agency side and some of the most contentious relationships are, are in mm -hmm. the corporate agency kind of relations. But what we bonded on and, and in that first meeting was the fact that we had a very similar point of view about how those meetings could have been better absolutely to produce better work and mm -hmm. that was like a big aha moment for me where I was like oh because normally you know it's in a corp you know a corporate environment we think our agency is of service to us yes. and the agency feels you guys are just stupid and you don't even want to listen to us and so what do we even <laughs> bother except for the fact that you're paying us and so we'll keep on doing what we're doing but I mean it's it's a very like you know it doesn't feel like a peer relationship. So the fact that, you know, we came together and we could be uh, see that the common ground there is finding a way that everybody can really uh, like what we're practicing, be themselves mm -hmm. and be direct and share what, you know, they feel like they need to share without fear of retribution in order to create better work. And we know based on our experience that that creates better work because mm -hmm. we can trace it to everything that we've worked on and we didn't ever work together no. on anything and we can trace it to where we produce better better work was when people could actually see each other as peers and appreciate what everybody was bringing to the table even if it was outside of their expertise zone mm -hmm. um and that kind of goes to everything like leaving your ego at the door it, it, you know appreciating um you know people as experts and not just well they're expert in this thing only and they really need to leave my thing alone mm -hmm. um it's really beneficial because i i used to um re like just resent the fact i used to have to ask for feedback on stuff i'm like <laughs> i'd ask but i really didn't want any i really didn't because i was like no i know it's good i don't i don't need any yeah. feedback but for you i'm like i i want your feedback because mm -hmm. i know it's going to make it better and i think that is the the there was a big aha for me and the big like dichotomy of like finding a um a partner that can actually you know who you can treat as a peer that makes you better and we're so good at giving feedback that when we don't have any for each other, we're always like, wait, really? And we have to clarify the point of like, no, no, really, it's very good. I'm not like, you know, opting out <laughs> or being lazy or whatever. Like, no, no, I actually have no comments. It's like very rare, but it, it happens. It happens. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> okay. So those were our four points, taking the time to really get to know each other, having those tough conversations, defining your roles and what you bring to the table, and then the fact that you're peers and making sure to respect each other's opinions throughout. Um, I mean, as we look back on our journey, I think that's just what's worked for us and the way we would define the unexpected nature of our partnership, but the reason that it, it actually does work. The second part we always have for you is what we call in the trenches, um, 
These questions also will be through the lens of our experience. A lot of them, honestly, people have really opposed to us um, and and to me in particular because I was the one to profess I'd, I'd never find a partner. So we'll get into those and, <laughs> and talk about, you know, I can admit when I'm wrong occasionally. Um, but we'll get into the yeah. next section now to really talk through what are kind of the the fundamentals maybe and, and kind of a click more into how do you really get it working and get it rolling mm-hmm. well. So that's our next segment. All right. So the first one here is how do you formalize a partnership? And Anne, I'll let you take that one. Yes. So there are many informal and formal ways to do this. So um, at the very beginning, we were very informal about it. Mm -hmm. So we were just in the process for several months of just figuring out what the business was going to look like. Yeah. Um, So we didn't do anything. uh, You know, we didn't even pitch for business initially Mm -mm. because it was we we needed to address the fundamentals of what we even were and what we were selling. So back to all of the entrepreneurial journey and and um the 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 episodes we had on how to actually start a business, you have to define what you're going to sell first. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a lot of time doing that. And then once we had that established, we did start doing more of the formal documentation of okay, here's what the the um what the company is going to stand for, the business is going to stand for. Here's our brand story. Mm-hmm. Here's our tone of voice principles. All the branding elements, and then started to establish the um, the LLC and the EIN, and making sure we had all the fundamentals for which we could do business, so that we could pitch business. Mm-hmm. Um, now we decided to come together and form our own, but you can choose to do it individually too and run it through. If you have each individually have an LLC, for example, a lot yes. of people will do that in in the context of workshops, and mm-hmm. you have the experts come together, and you know they will unite for a specific deliverable, but they'll still maintain their own entity. So it really depends on what you are selling. Mm-hmm. Me and April, because of what we were selling, needed to come together and formalize it so that it was holistic and not confusing for the people that we were yes. um, pitching, especially since we were taking a bit of a different approach, um, but maybe um, also leveraging some of the same clients that we've had in the past. Yes. So um, it really depends on what you're selling um, and how, you know, and and what the ease is of which to communicate that to your clients and how, like, long-term do you expect this to be? Is it, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's, if you expect this to be long-term and you want to start building a brand behind it, then you probably need to formalize it into something that's a little bit more, um, concrete with the LLC and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, but no matter which way you do it, you really, really need to document it. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that it's down on paper and that you and your, and, and everybody that's associated with it, um, whether it's one partner or multiple partners, have signed it mm-hmm. so that everybody is in agreement and you can always have that as a, as a reference. And the other thing I would say is an operating agreement rounds out um, your formalization. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've said before I'm a lawyer's daughter, so of course I love contracts. <laughs> but we, you know, we had a great relationship and the utmost respect for each other and all of those things. By the time we took this step, probably in part because I, you know, have to process everything. Um, but <laughs> formalizing it, I think, just gives a certain sense of security and comfort to all, all parties involved. Like Ann said, whether you want to brand it a certain way or, or Whatever the case might be, that's fine, but that's all external. And so making sure that you feel comfortable in what you're committing and the organization itself, it's good to just make that legally formal. So that way you have that, you know, and and things come up in that process that you aren't expecting. Like I remember um, my dad was the one to point out, well, what if one of you wants out? You clearly need the other one. What's going to happen, right? And so we were like, oh, shoot, we do have to figure out what yeah. does that mean, you know? And so obviously you hear us. We leveraged, you know, lawyers to help us with this. And Anne had one on her side. All of those things, very, very formal. Um, <laughs> but we were able to just think of things that we wouldn't otherwise. So it was kind of like, mm-hmm. let's do this. Let's make it official. Let's put it on paper so we don't have to think about those things anymore. So if we were dating, that would be the prenuptial agreement, kind yeah. Of, right? <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. you get married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The second in the trenches we have is how did you in, how did you transition to calling the shots versus calling the shots together? And I'll take this one because I was somewhat horrible 
at it at the beginning. And <laughs> this is one where Anne was less direct, very gracious in her treatment of me. Um, but to the point I made earlier about always being responsible for coming up with a solution and, and calling the shots and being decisive, I just was out of practice. And part of the reason I was feeling lonely is because I was calling all the shots all the time. I mean, I was the point person on all the projects. I was the client contact. I mean, so much of my day was spent solving things. And I just would forget that I had and sometimes and not bad intention. But, you know, a prospect would ask us if we did something. And if I didn't do it, I would say no. And so finally, Anne had to sit me down after one and was like, listen, do you not want to do this type of work? Or like, basically, what is your problem in a really nice way? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And I, I didn't know I was doing it. I can tell you I never did it again. But I appreciated um well, that we had the conversation. But it was just a moment like I'll, re- I'll look back on and, and think about a lot because I hadn't made the pivot all the way yet. And there are moments that happen mm-hmm. throughout the whole journey, even once you get to know each other well and all those things. I mean, you know, we were at the pitching business point and I just was not yet there in my head that I didn't have to be solely responsible anymore. Um, so, you know, this is to the point of having ongoing conversations, but also like letting it work for you that you no longer have to be the solopreneur. Yeah, I think that was a really good point. I remember that too. It was on the PR stuff. You're like, you yeah, don't, we don't do PR. I'm like, um, I kind of do PR. That was my <laughs> job for 10 years. So I think you know, it's a PR piece. <laughs> and, and so it was we had a good laugh about it but you're right it's, it hasn't happened since because now it's almost like a default it's like well i don't know how to do that i'm sure april does so <laughs> so i'm like sure we could do that <laughs> and i had to call her afterwards be like mm, do you do this yeah <laughs> and we've like luckily i mean it hasn't been anything that we've committed to that we can't you know we can't do we can't figure out how to get done but i think it was also the difference of using i and we yeah yep. i mean in the meetings yep. where it was like well i did this and i did this and i did this and i know i did that all the time um and it Default. was just like you know in 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 the shift to we mm-hmm. well we do this we do this and even using your i experience within the we mm-hmm. you know and um that's legit that mm-hmm. is totally legit because you are fusing of of experiences and so you get to draw upon those experiences even if you didn't personally do the work. Now, mm-hmm. I'd always you know, defer to you to explain that work if that was work that you did before we joined as Fourth Right People. But it was definitely work I had studied, I understood, mm-hmm. I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so that I could also represent when we were talking to other clients and, and, and knowing the extent of what we, you know, we could do and where we could. And, and then still, if I'm unsure, I defer to you mm-hmm. to do those proposals and to and for you to talk to the team and vice versa. So um, I, I think, you know, you start leaning in on things because you learn to trust somebody <laughs> so implicitly that you're like, oh, I know if, you know, she can, well, she'll be, she'll be on board. We'll figure yeah, it, we'll you figure know, we'll it figure out. it out. And, uh, you know, we always do. And um, I think that is a, a really good thing to feel um, when you're going into those, that somebody has your back. Mm-hmm. Um as well as you don't have to, like you say, like call all the shots. Mm-hmm. Like I can defer to you when I'm like, eh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. But and if being comfortable doing that. Yeah. But if you feel like you do have a like a specific point of view to be able to express that clearly mm-hmm. and definitively and say, no, I really think we need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think both sides work really well. Agree. Um, which leads to the next one. How does it work day to day when you have two versus being on your own, which is kind of a another way of saying the previous one, but I think this is more about the day-to-day work and the schedules. And I will say quite openly that one of the hesitations I had, not about Anne, but about a partnership in general, was losing the autonomy and the schedule that I had built that really worked for me. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons, you know, what we've talked about I can do it better on my own, you know, that sort of thing. But one of the foundational things about me is I like my whole life to flow in and out of itself. And so that's personal and professional. And so I've created what works specifically for me with two small children and wanting to be able to go to their stuff and, you know, take them to lunch when I want to and all of that kind of stuff, as well as knowing that 
I have to work out every day in order to feel like I'm mm-hmm. functioning properly. And there are certain times of day that certain things work for me versus not. Like I'm really good at writing in the afternoon. I'm not so great at it in the morning. And I had honed this down to a you know pretty successful science almost for me about when and, and what and how things worked. And so I was like, oh, how am I going to integrate another person into this? And I think, again, to the point of respecting each other, we trade off so seamlessly that I never have the anxiety of like, is she going to get back to me? When's she going to get back to me? Is she going to do what she's supposed to do? Like none of that is there. So I feel free to just do my stuff when I want to and need to and know that Anne knows this needs to go out today or whatever. Like she'll get to it. I don't even have to give it a second thought. And I think though that's part of knowing each other really well too and owning the fact that we need what works for each other in order to be successful. Like we both wanted schedules that were able to be managed by each of us individually and not dictated by the other. And that's just been a principle of the business from the beginning. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's one that we definitely had to work through initially too. Because yeah. I remember like I used to like ask him like, hey, did you um did you see this? Did you follow up? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I just haven't gotten to it. And you're yeah. like, is she following up on me? Is she checking me? Am I not doing yeah. what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing? Am I, you know, is I, yep. you know, and I, I think we both have a little bit of, of you know, like neurosis about like, are we <laughs> doing enough? Yeah. You know, are we responding enough? And um, so I remember we had, yeah, we've had like a lot of those conversations and we had to like legitimately say, you know, here's like how our schedules operate. Mm-hmm. This is when I like usually work and, you know, my philosophy has been since I, I left P&G, like I have 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And so I work when it it works like in and out of the of the schedule. It could be in the evening. It could be on the weekends. It mm-hmm. may not necessarily be nine to five. And yep. that's the, the benefit of what, you know, um, having the, the, the flexible um, schedule. And but, you know, it was one that we had to kind of check in. And, yes. and I find that we, we kind of say, hey, you know, I'm going to be out of pocket for you know yes. a couple of hours or um, I saw that, but and I'll get to it. Yep. Um, or hey, did you see that? I'm going to respond. So mm-hmm. we don't like double respond on top of each other. Um, but yeah, it was like we had to like double because like, I think we sometimes still were like, am I working as much as like I, I need to be yeah. working? And, yeah. you know, and that's a big thing, too, is like not to feel like it's a competition mm-hmm. um, and make and I know I you know initially on and I made you I made a stupid comment, made you feel bad yeah. about you were taking a day off. I was like, Oh, well fine, you take a day off while I'm sitting here working away. And you were so upset. Yeah. I felt so bad. And I was like, Oh, I can't do that. Like yep. it was just a joke, but man, it hit and like and it yep. hit totally unattendedly. But like I you know, it's like, well, I mean, you're super sensitive to that and um and you're right, like you'll do ever you'll do it all. And sometimes I just like I'll text at night so I don't forget. I'm like, I yeah. don't expect you to respond. Yeah. Right. But it's like I do I, I just when I have my my thought, I'm like, I can't forget this thought and you'll get to work before I get to work. Yes. So you'll re- look at it, respond to it. And then when I'm ready, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see it. Yep. Or, you know, my famous Sunday morning, you know, musings. Like, musings. <laughs> I was like, hey, just thinking about Sunday, you know, Sunday morning. For some reason, I don't know why it always happens on Sunday morning. But um, it, it does, you know, there, there's a, I think the communication, the back and mm-hmm. forth communication and being overly overt about it at least initially helps for people to understand so they don't get like run these stories in their head mm-hmm. of um why isn't she responding? Is she gonna respond? Do I need to check on her? Did she not see it? Did she forget about it? Yeah. And sometimes we do. And we're yeah. like, hey, did you see that? Oh shoot, I for- I yeah. I-, I saw it. I meant to respond and you know, in it, you know, or it's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it and yeah. yeah. Well and that's the one thing about Slack that can sometimes depending on your settings, messages can show up weird. So mm-hmm. it's like we have the, like almost like a sixth sense of like, I have a feeling that I responded all these things at 7 a.m. and the one got put in some thread and it wasn't seen right. You yeah. know, like it's and like it there's an intuitiveness to it now for us too. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It's communication and it's also just respecting the boundaries. Um, but then also if we have a situation where something really needs to get done, we both put aside whatever it is and, yeah. and make it happen. So, yeah. yeah. All right. What was the one thing you were most worried about when partnering together? You go ahead, Ann. <laughs> I know what it is, but I don't know. <laughs> yes. So I was was worried I was gonna have to do all the work, um, and I think that goes back to like you know the, the need to make sure that your your peers you're both equally invested mm-hmm. in the relationship, and um, you know I, we talk about you know Scott a lot, um, but he was my my coach before I became our coach, and he would 
regularly check in. So tell me about this April. <laughs> is she is she doing anything? Do you make it sure she's doing stuff right? Scott's gonna hate me for saying this, but um, you know, but it was really the he's truly... now our coach together. Yeah, too, our so coach I'll together. get him back for that. <laughs> but he was making sure because I want you to make sure that you're invested. You know, she's invested as much as you are, and you're and because I did have a um a partnership earlier on where I put in a lot of work, and then it just kind of fell apart because not everybody was as invested mm-hmm. as I was in the outcome, and he wanted to make sure um that that didn't happen again, and I was like. You know what I said? She's she's in it. I'm like she's she's got all this stuff. She brings all this stuff to the table. We're discussing it. I'm like, and it took you, you know, like what else I said? I was I was I was you know more ready to to yeah. jump in, but you know, but you but even from day one, you're still like, well, if I'm going to do this, then I better like put something out there and mm-hmm. just kind of see how it works and, and 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 try this on. So you're very um eager to like jump in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but um. Yeah, it was. I was afraid I was going to have to do all the work. That was one of the things I was worried about. Well, and for me, and you know, this is going to come across really egocentric, and I already said we weren't, but I was worried I was going to outgrow the person too quickly. And mm-hmm. this, I, I don't mean that any other way than that. It was like I felt kind of an, a void or an emptiness about what I wanted to do next, and I was very conscious of not just jumping into something because. I was going to learn something new quickly and then it was going to be over or I was going to, you know, get all excited about it and then be like, oh, this wasn't what I expected it to be. And, you know, we've talked about I'm a processor for sure. Um, But in this case, I just really wanted to get it right. And it wasn't something that I had ever considered for myself before. And so I just wanted to be really careful that it was not just a partnership for the sake of partnership because I was fill-in-the-blank, bored, wanted to do something new, whatever the case might be. So making sure that it was going to last and that it was going to be worth it and that I wasn't going to look back and be like, shoot, what did I do? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So That's fair. (laughs) All right. The most unexpected thing about partnering with each other, and I'll let you take this again. I feel like I've been talking a lot for the last few minutes. (laughs) That would be unusual. That's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so i guess that's a good lead into like well i found a i mean the friendship i think has been the most yeah. unexpected thing i mean and and i mean relating from a work standpoint but also like we hang out personally and we uh-huh. truly enjoy each other you know personally and our our lives have intertwined like our, our kids have hung out together mm-hmm. we've had dinner you know together and we truly enjoy that yeah and, and we're not saying that everybody has to have like a, a partnership to work that it has to go to that level like people right. can have professional partnerships that are very, very good for their business, but really don't want to be out friends outside. And that's totally fine. That's why it was unexpected. Like mm-hmm. I didn't expect to find, you know, such a an awesome friend in the the whole, you know, business partnership kind of environment. So that was really truly unexpected for me. And obviously, I mean I said this one before too, is um I mean, you just I mean, you make me better mm-hmm. as a as a person. And and not just in what I can learn from you, but what you expect from me. And that's been like a big thing too. It's like, you know, uh, in the way that you encourage and support and stuff. So that's been, um, you know, really unexpected. And I find like extremely valuable in, in the partnership that we've had. Yeah. And I I would say the same thing. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I can't believe I've only known Anne for less than two years, right? Like it, I'm like, I don't really remember what it was like before, you know? And then I, you know, with COVID, I have so many friends that are like, when am I going to meet this and person, you know, right? And so I think, um, but for me on a day-to-day basis, the thing about it is it really is easy. And I am still struck by how easy it actually is. And to me, and I, I guess I just had some bad examples in the past of partnerships that didn't work for a variety of reasons, but it always just seemed like so much work. And I always <laughs> was left wondering, like, is it so much work because that's not a good partnership or is it just so much work because it'd be easier if I just did it by myself? Mm-hmm. And I think in this instance, it just constantly hits me where I'm like, this could be a whole lot harder than it is. And it's anything, fill in the blank, the deliverable for the client, or, hey, we have a new opportunity. You got this? Yeah, okay, I got this. And it just rolls, right? And we, and there's no control issue on either side. And there is the, you know, we both do the work that we say we're going to do, which is amazing. But it's also just very freeing mm-hmm. to feel like 
there's so much benefit to it, yes, but there's really no work associated with the partnership specifically, just the work itself. Mm-hmm. So, all right. And the last one we have here in this section, what challenges are you still working on in terms of the partnership? Um, you know, Anna, I'll let you start this one too. Why not? <laughs> Feeling yeah, tired. Of course. <laughs> um. Well, I think we've like we've talked at nauseum. I mean, it sounds like it's a bit of a love fest, but really, honestly, it. I mean, it wasn't like we had screaming drag out fights. That we've no. never we never done that because there was just there's just too much respect there. And the way that we've cultivated the the friendship and in the relationship is that we have the open and honest communication. So I know everybody's like really wanting juicy like, come details on. about yeah. like. You, <laughs> can't like her all that much. I'm like, I, I honestly really, truly do. But I think it's because we have opened those lines of communication. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing there that's like, I have to hide or hold back or pen up. Like when she told me, like, I really made her upset when I said my comment. I was like, oh, yeah, no. But, you know, and I didn't mean to do that. And and so it, it those are, I mean, it's just really important. And like everything you said is like, when you can get to that point, the relationship becomes easy. I think, um, from a business standpoint, the biggest challenge we're still having is, um, or we will continue to have because it's just the nature of business anyway, is just continue to refine the concept in order mm-hmm. to have the right sellable um, uh, work for, for our clients, right? So, And that's not to pivot or change, although we have pivoted mm-hmm. in the past, but it's um, you know to continue to be... Uh, at service based on what the current environment is. So obviously what we initially would, would sell pre-COVID wasn't necessarily worked or what's needed during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even now, as we're kind of, you know, semi-emerging and, you know, business is getting back, um, it's different needs and because mm-hmm. of the way that uh, people are relating and, and, and communicating. So, you know, we're, you're going to see from us a lot more opportunity for workshops, a lot more um, opportunity for more virtual like audits and, you know, those sorts of things that could get you like really started fast mm-hmm. um, so that you can make those really immediate impacts uh, on your business. Because we know that it's a daily changing thing for you guys and you're learning these things and you need to react tomorrow. And even though we are you know, condense everything that we do um, in order to be very actionable in a very short period of time. Um, it's not even sometimes, and that's not even fast enough. Yes. So it's like, yes. okay, how do we even make it faster so that we can provide you guys really great insight that you can react to now? And how do we then adapt our our model, our pay structure, all of that in order to be able to accommodate that? Um, one big passion area for me and April has always been the small, mid-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. Even though we do do you know work and you know for for larger businesses, it's the small and the mid-sized businesses, especially right now, that are the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And we really want to help those businesses be able to survive and 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 to thrive. I mean, so just not you know get through it, but to thrive. And so there's definitely you know things that that can be done that aren't super expensive that can have a super amount of impact. And so it's it's always constantly, you know, the challenge is always constantly thinking through that and not being so stagnant and and so um, just focused on having it to be this way mm-hmm. that we're not um, thinking about what's the needs of our clients now. Um, so as you can tell, I mean, we're, we're always constantly consumer oriented ourselves. Um, and that's a big part of what we think, you know, the value we bring in our business um, and being able to scale it appropriately in order to meet all um, where everybody where they're at, where, you know, right now, and then which may be different a month from now. Yes. And I think in addition to that, I think one thing we always want to keep an eye on is the company itself. So we are totally willing to change to consumer needs, to figure out how to serve our customers appropriately, to change with the landscape. This year has been totally insane. I think we've done a really good job of pivoting and still serving clients. But also, I think we both have to stay energized by what we're doing. And so whenever we make changes, those are the moments we have those really big conversations. And we sit down and we say, it's not ever a fly-by-night, like, on a whim. It's like, okay, we've had this feedback three or four times now. Is this what we want to do? Does this make sense? Is it just a situation that popped up three or four times and now we're like, "Mm, what do we want to do about it? But those are the moments when we stop to examine the business at the higher level and more from the outside to say, okay, 
let's just make sure that we're doing this and it's in the right vein for the right reasons, not just because it's a situation that's happening to us right now. Right. Yeah. So we're not trying to just to solve the problem. We're trying to solve for the impact. Yes. And I think that's an important distinguishing factor because a lot of people, I don't want you guys to hear this and think, okay, well, then I have to totally change my business model. No, and no. I have to totally like, you know, gear up for, you know, m- making a very like um, dramatic change in, you know, what I'm offering or, you know, I, I, I think what we've learned and the reason why we're doing this is that they, we need an element of scale that allows for a little bit more flexibility. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that we are taking the work that we do and charging less for it. Nope. We don't do that. But we are changing the work and the deliverables to be able to accommodate more people who are in this situation so that we can help more people um, really prosper. And I think that's, you know, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that might be something we do temporarily, maybe something we do longer term. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how long, the, you know, the need is and what the response is. But it, it is like constantly addressing that feedback loop and making sure that um, the, the fundamental work isn't changing. It's how we're doing the work and the impact it's generating is, is, is um, being accounted for. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So our last and final um, phase or discussion point, if you will, we always like to give a brand example of someone who's doing it well or not so well. But in the spirit of the fact that we are talking a lot about ourselves and our partnership today, um, you've heard a lot of stuff from us and, you know, Anne mentioned it might sound like a love fest, but I would say that I am proud of what we've built and the work we've done. And I think the thing we do really well is we're both very consumer-oriented, and you heard that. Mm -hmm. But we really listen hard to our clients, and if we can, we do our very best to offer them a solution. So to the point that Ann just made about, you know, we don't change the work. We don't just discount things. You know, we we don't just cut the bottom line for that reason. But we do try to appreciate that everyone is at whatever point they're in, in their journey, whether they're an entrepreneur, a small business, even a big business. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we try to work with people and really hear the needs and then bring our expertise to the table to give them the right perspective based on what we do. Um, But we're also not afraid to walk away if that doesn't work. And I think that's the other piece is there's very much a a sort of checks and balances where we're interviewing clients the same as they're interviewing us and, you know, call it PTSD or whatever from our previous lives, right? There were a lot of situations, relationships, projects, companies, things that we just don't really want in our world anymore. Um, and so I think that's the other piece is we, tr- we stay very true to who we are and we do that through the lens of what we believe and what we want the business to be. And I honestly think you could ask any of our clients and they would say that it was a partnership from day one and it's continued to be that. And we've, you know, found ways to have each other's backs and promote each other and refer and all these things. Like it's been a really nice ecosystem of sorts that's developed because we've listened and heard and they've listened and heard and we've gotten the right people to work with us as a result. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, the, what I would add to that is that we live our business. I mean, that, that's who we are mm-hmm. as people. Um, and that's what's been so phenomenal about the uh, the partnership is that, and I've said this before, and I'll just put a finer point on it, is that we align on certain values and principles that becomes the foundation, the core for how we engage, how we do work. And what are the impact that we want to have um, and, and, and what that looks like. And but we're very open to how we're going to get there. Yes. And that has led us to multiple different uh, opportunities of different like revenue streams for how we do work. Like we never anticipated that at the, at the very beginning we'd be doing so many branded websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't just do websites. We do brand-led websites, which is not a lot of what you're going to find if you just go directly to a developer or a designer, even though we love our developers and designers. What we add on on it is the brand-led piece of it that mm-hmm. makes the website 
so much more holistically part of your brand fabric so that you can use them as a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it, and, and those are the, like the, the fundamental things I think that, you know, in, in the way that we do work a little bit differently that creates value that can be monetized. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's because it's, it's fulfilled in a passion of what I always wanted to be able to do and was never felt like I was quite um, before like emboldened or, you know, to, to do in my in my corporate life. So it's letting me fulfill that desire to really help and to serve. And um, I feel like the partnership has made that even more uh, the ability to become a reality possible. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the fact that like, I could only do so much on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what's been, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's what I get so much satisfaction out of, of like mm-hmm. the interactions and the fact that what we're doing, we know is going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we, we're thankful to our clients who trust us to kind of go along on the journey. Cause sometimes they're like, I don't even know what this brand led stuff is. And yeah. it's like, well, that's why we're here. <laughs> this is, this is, we're going to sh- we're going to share with you the value of that and how that's going to be a competitive edge. Um, and, uh, you know, in their, in their, when it's all, you know, done and it's all executed, like I, I had never would have known and there, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's, it's, it's really, that's really rewarding. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thankful that I have a, you know, partner who's able to, um, help to make that what I've always wanted to do a reality. So. Yes, definitely. That's that one plus one equals three, which I think we've. Absolutely. Gets us excited and our clients see the value and we're able to carry that through. So. And now we can go have wine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with that in mind, um, this episode was obviously all about partnership, how to know if you've found the right partner, how to get things up and going. Uh, You hear a lot of emotion and passion from us about our partnership. So if you have questions, you know, reach out. Being a forthright woman can be challenging on a good day, which is why we offer individual group coaching as well as group trainings and keynotes. Check out our website, forthright-women.com to learn more. If you find this podcast of value, please rate and review us and share with other women who could use a boost to become a forthright woman.